Get ready to laugh out loud with Wise and Nerdy, the show hosted by two hilarious dads who are bringing their unique blend of wit, wisdom, and nerdiness to the airwaves. From sharing hilarious anecdotes about their own experiences to giving advice on navigating the ups and downs of life, these two dads have got you covered. <laughs> that's not all. They're also obsessed with all things nerdy. From comic books and sci-fi movies to Big video advice. and board games. So whether you're a fellow dad, a pop culture fanatic, or just in need of a good laugh, tune in to Wise and Nerdy and join in the fun. Ah, that's right. Welcome to Wise and Nerdy. Here we are again. This time, uh... We're 30 minutes later because that's just how we wanted to decide to roll this week is we're going to try to start at 830 Eastern. And and we threw a little man up in a box up above us, and that is Kurt, VO by Kurt. He's going to be doing live commentary as we go uh, because he got mad. He got mad. He, Mike Woodard gets too much limelight and celebrity here on this show. That coin was rigged. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and now that we have you on before we get to the question of the week my my sub oh i do have to put this on my my daughter gave me this because she thought it was funny she said i had to wear it on my show for my birthday it's a cookie monster glow-in-the-dark necklace so i want to crack <laughs> nice. that open and, and do that but but kurt um mm. in that moment in that moment where you're about to read the uh uh the, the opening, and then all of a sudden you hear Mike Woodard's voice. What was going through your mind? Oh, I hit the button. That was me. I, I would tell you exactly what was going through my mind, except I don't have a beep over here. Um, so, uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, no, literally, it was like, oh, they got me. They got me. I, it made me laugh so hard. It hurt. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm usually a little quicker than that. And then it was like, oh, no, he set me up. I did. Um, going into into it, I knew I had to. Like, There's, there's yeah, no way. No, I, I, I do not blame you one bit. <laughs> I would have done the same thing had I thought about it. All right, Joe, what is the question of the week, sir? It's the question of the week. <laughs> so I'm laughing through the opening and that because Kurt's muppeting <laughs> that he's doing it when he's not doing it. Uh, the question of the week is what is the scariest movie you've ever seen? Um, Nothing. Ooh, Dead air. Ooh, <laughs> no <spooky>. comment. <laughs> spooky daddy. Spooky. Oh, well, I can start. The one that's yeah, sure. The one that scared me the most as a kid uh, was definitely the leprechaun that scared me big time. There is a scene with a pogo stick that really, uh, really scared me a lot. You've talked about that before. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, got me shaking in my (laughs) shillelagh. But yeah, yeah, that and they went on like the first one was pretty well grounded, but then it got like real crazy, like Leprechaun in space and like they made like four or five different ones. All horror movies are stupid. Well, so the first one, they tried to make it more serious and then they just went super campy. Like I think I think number two is like Leprechaun in the hood. I think is what it's called. Like, 
Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I do remember something like that. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. They made like four or five. One of them, they go to Vegas. Um, and, and then one of them, they go to space. And so yeah, dumb. my, Zing. my dad absolutely loved cheesy movies. And so I saw all kinds of stuff that, uh, the critics would, would snuff their noses at left, right up and down. Um, and my, my dad loved horror movies Did you too. Say snuff? So. Like they, they would stick. Yep. You know, to back up their nose at these movies? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> I'm just saying they would have to be on some kind of substance in order to watch it. <laughs> and, and Joe, there were eight Leprechaun movies. Oh, Lord. Eight? Eight? I think I only saw half of them then, the first four. Oh, you didn't eight. need to see that many. No, I really didn't. I really, really didn't. Um, I, You know, yeah. I think we've established I didn't watch scary movies growing up. Uh, you know, I wasn't allowed to basically. And, um, but I will say I've, I've watched probably one or two since. And, uh, the one I hated it's, uh, I'm trying to think of what it's called right now. Um, event horizon, event horizon. And I'm a huge sci-fi buff. Isn't in the late nineties, maybe early, early two thousands. And the whole thing. So, my wand's broken. I have a, a, a supposed to be a glow, the you know blue glow stick wand, and it's it's not glowing. It just looks like he peed in a cup for a drug test. So I hope you pass. Make a for that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the whole promotional material of it was sci-fi. The ship was made, and the whole thing is in the in the in the trailer is talking about this paper, and he's like, you know, standard travels from this dot to this dot, and he takes a paper. Uh, it folds it in half and sticks the pencil through it. It's like this new gravity drive basically does this. And so it, it kind of fold. The idea was the gravity drive folds space, goes through the hole and unfolds space. And now you've gone bajillion miles, right? In, in a matter of minutes. And I'm like, that sounds really cool. And then weird things are happening and they're not sure. It's one of those, oh, the ship came back and it's a ghost ship. We got to go find out what happened to it. I'm like, oh, it's kind of a sci fi mystery, maybe a monster thing. No. No, it was not. <laughs> the previews didn't say that this ship, when it folded space, went to hell, got possessed by like demons, and came back, and then possessed. I didn't the, realize when, Phil was in that movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and and you know it, it was it was so bad. I mean, it was like not. I, I don't know if it was a good movie or not. It was so bad. So like, oh. Oh, uh, yeah. Devo. Devo's on my team here. It says, Event Horizon messed with my head. It took me years to watch it again. I have never watched it again. I watched it in theaters and went, no. I had a little bit of nightmares afterwards. And I was a bit of a grown man. You know, I was between 18 and 20, somewhere in there when it came out, I think. And, like, nothing about it said demons or, or murder or just, and it was, it turned into this, this standard almost demon-based horror film after it's like sci-fi for the first 20 30 minutes and the rest of it was i hated it hated it what Kurt? <laughs> i i just i never knew that i thought it was just a straight-up sci-fi movie right and it came out the same time as movies that were kind of the same movie except different titles like armageddon and, and deep impact deep yeah impact. yeah exactly um so 
Event Horizon, I just wrote off as another kind of bad sci-fi movie, so I never saw it. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it either. Uh, but you wouldn't consider Alien a horror movie? <laughs> no, well, I mean, what is see? That's it, the weirdness in my brain. Kind of is. That's the it weirdness kind of in my is, brain, but, right? Yeah. If it's a monster, yeah. there there are usually rules to monster. In monster films. So Alien, to me, falls into the monster film. Why it's scary and psychological thrillers I love. Like, I watched the first... It took me forever, but I watched the first Saw. I've actually seen them all until this new one's coming out. I fast-forwarded a lot through Saw 3 because it was it was gore porn. It was it was very torture porn-esque. But as I think it was a new director-writer, and they actually retconned it a little bit later, saying that it was... It was a cool. So if you haven't watched it, I don't want to ruin it for you because even though it's been out forever, it's really a good psychological thriller more or less but anyway so is a horror film that i will watch uh but alien while it is a psychological terrible or terror fest right there's still a monster and monsters have rules and that's why i don't like horror films like jason there's no rules freddie there's no rules they just make stuff up as they go and you know that kind of thing well i might take exception with 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 freddie freddie has rules like nightmare on elm street had rules until you um, hugged and him and somehow magically brought him into the real world. How did that work? No, well, look, that, <laughs> it, it may have jumped the shark, but it has. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're telling me is that uh, Freddy, Nightmare on Elm Street is very closely related to the Santa Claus 2 where there's magic hugs. Got it. Okay. They, yeah, yeah. we've talked about that on this show, Joe. <laughs> we have, we've railed on it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I now. Jordan Peele, <laughs> I'll watch anything Jordan Peele does. It is it is amazing. And it kind of, he's even talked about it. He never goes for a genre. Uh, I heard him on Smartless right before, uh, he, he recorded Smartless right before um, Nope came out. And, of course, I'd already seen Nope by the time I heard the episode. But he's talking about how he, he just tells these stories and goes for this fantastical and, and, and just what he's picturing. And so while uh, Get Out somewhat fell into the psychological thriller. It's not really what he intended. It was just kind of, I'm telling this cool thing. And then this is us or us. I think I can't remember us. exactly what it's us. us. Okay. Yeah. Um, more was horror. Right. And it, it, it's, and yeah, Diva, he is very talented. Just when a storyteller can tell you something, you can go, that's hard. Like, no, that's this. And, that, and it doesn't matter. You just enjoyed it and you still come together. He's got the touch. And so if you haven't seen Nope, Joe, you, you need to see Nope. Do it for Grandpa NASCAR. Come on. Come on. Do it for nope, Grandpa NASCAR. never seen Nope. But you need to. You need to. I don't so. think I've ever even heard of Nope, to be honest. I have. Haven't seen it. It's it's, it's fantastic cinematography because it, it just flows through this three almost different <laughs> styles of filming as it goes through. And it comes very cinematic at the end, but in the middle, it's almost like raw footage, but it's not, it's, it's hard to explain, but you guys. Will well, so it, I looked up, nope, the Wikipedia page, and it says that it is a neo-Western science fiction horror film. Yeah, no, that that's about right. Yeah. All right. I mean, in the trailer, you see, the main actor galloping on a horse, obviously a cowboy, and there's this UFO coming after him. He's like, what's going on? And that's what you ask through the entirety of all Jordan Peele's movies is what's going on. Uh, and the <laughs> twists, there's usually three, four, five twists in there. Um, it's so good. It's so good. And and they're they're good twists, unlike uh, 
the repetitive twists of a certain uh, director. I'll say it. So um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you remember back in the day when M. Night Shyamalan used to be good? I, I, I You mean the, the Sixth Sense? No, <laughs> no, no. Lady in the no. Water was brilliant. Um, uh, no, no. No? <laughs> no. Sixth Sense, Unbreakable. Yeah. I'll okay, Unbreakable give, I'll, was good. I'll even okay. give him a pass on the Unbreakable sequels. I haven't seen I love, those. The sequels um, I thought were fantastic. They worked well I did, too. I did, too. Um, so the village was, was the village was interesting. That yeah. that that crazy alien movie was is overrated. I oh, it's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Because it didn't signs. it didn't have yeah signs. signs. It didn't have it, yeah. some of the connective tissue that it has in the other ones where it would make why 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 was not answered. Uh, but M Night's actually got another one coming out. Um, I forget. I, I've yeah, only he, seen the preview. Doing the live action version of Legend of Korra. <laughs> no, no. Roll that dice. We're not going no, down this no. track. We're no, not going no. down this track again. No. Roll that dice, Joe. Roll that dice. I Let win. Daddy decide. All right, Daddy decide. All right, Joe, you brought this one. Am I the butt face for bringing a pregnant woman garlic bread? I mean, right off, right. The, off the top, it sounds like, no, you're a caring person is what that sounds like. <laughs> so this was a video that came across my Facebook feed. And so I'm going to try to give the gist of what, because he was, he literally was asking people if he was the butt face. So a pregnant lady and her husband came to the restaurant. He was a waiter and she asked for garlic bread without garlic. And so he's like, okay, so you want bread? She's like, no, 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 no. I want garlic bread without garlic. So bread and, he's and like, butter. Well, and he's like, he's sitting there he's, and he tells him, the only difference between our garlic bread and our bread is garlic butter. That's it. And so he he's like, you also save a dollar by just ordering bread. Uh, and so finally, he's just like, uh, I have no idea what to do. He goes to the back, talks to his manager and explains she wants garlic bread without bread. And he has the same conversation with him. Oh, so she wants bread. He's like, no, she wants garlic bread without without garlic. And uh, and so he goes, he brings her bread and she's like, no, I want garlic bread without but without garlic on it. And so then he brings her bread with garlic butter in a little ramekin. And so finally they her and her husband leave in a huff. Uh, but before they do that, they make this huge scene and and whatever. And as they're making this huge scene, as the husband is making the huge scene, she dips some of the bread in the garlic butter and eats it. And then they leave. So is I don't the understand the butt face. Of course not. That's <laughs> not a good one. And my real question is, what was she even asking for? I right? don't get it. I think I know. Oh, oh. I think Here I we know. go. So um, garlic bread typically comes on like a baguette type, type of bread, right? My guess is that she was defining the garlic bread by the type of bread, not by the garlic butter. 
But and so, but he brought her the baguette. Like, like but was it buttered? It, it probably wasn't buttered because they only had the garlic butter back there. So That's she wanted. Slow. They had butter back there. Too. Well, yeah, Come yeah, on. but <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, and so she wanted, I guess, buttered bread. I, I, I don't know. I, you know, maybe the husband offended her because she's a butter face. I, I don't know. <laughs> Um, waka waka. <laughs> See, that's faster than we can hit the buttons. I do love that. Um, that reminds me of the skit at uh, it's, it's a show from the BBC called Whites, which is about a chef in the kitchen and, and this and that is a comedy. And in the first episode, the, it's a waitress who's like really dumb, right? She comes in, it's like, uh, and it's a very high end restaurant. And like, so and so, they want an eggless omelet. He goes, so they want an egg white omelet. She's no. I mean, she's all confused. Like no. And it goes. It's it's very well written. They go back and forth. And finally, he just takes a plate, throws it down, sprinkles a parsley on it. Goes there. You go. There's an eggless omelet. Get out of my kitchen. And she took the plate. He's no. Don't take the plate. You're. Oh my god. Just get out of my kitchen. But yeah, she could get an eggless omelet. It's like what? What? Yeah. And that's the thing. You know what? You what? The waiter possibly possibly can be the butt face here a little bit because communication is key to public service right you're serving the public and you might say can you describe it to me can you tell me what that looks like to you now if they didn't still get snarky he's like you, you kind of need to leave it's like you came to to our restaurant and ordered cheerios get out you know uh, <laughs> if you're gonna be sorry but i'm trying here i'm trying are you talking about different kind of bread what does it look like to you to have garlic bread without the garlic but if it is a restaurant that only had two types of bread bread and bread pasted with garlic butter i don't know I don't it's know. true so well you picked a quick one joe <laughs> roll that dice stay tuned for this commercial break all right. Now, now, so help me, Jesus. I need you to stay with me here, Joe. <laughs> okay. Actually, you know All what? Right. Kurt, we're going to take Joe out of this mix. He he just he he just failed so hard <laughs> in the last two weeks. Firing him wow. from this job. Fire, wow. no, you, sh- sh- the, the men are talking. Bad, bad daddy. <laughs> Silent daddy. So Silent daddy. Here's what I'm going to do, Kurt. I'm going to play the music. And it's going to start off quiet. I want you to say patreon.com slash, you know, the thing you say about that, right? Donate to your dad. It's on your Patreon. Don't do it. Slash Stop it. Stop it. Nerdy. Stop it. <laughs> so, Kurt, it's on your phone somewhere. I'll see you say that. Just say what Mike just told you to say, okay? I what you got? Look, it's on the screen. You'll just read off the screen and say, hey, give oh, these boys some shilling, shillings, okay? It'll be on the screen. <laughs> then put it back on the screen. No, no, shit, 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 shit. Focus, people. Focus. All right. So we'll start the music off soft. We're gonna put the wording on the screen you need to read. Okay, just do it however you want to do it, baby. All right. Then I'm gonna bring up the music louder and we're gonna jam for like a good 30 seconds, 45 seconds, enjoy the music. Then it's gonna come down. And when you see the next wording go on the screen, and leave a voicemail. I want to turn this car around. So help me, Jesus. All right, we ready? You got it, Kurt? You got it? I think you got it. Sure. Joe, you're killing me. Patreon.com slash wise and nerdy. 
Keep working on this one. Call your daddy. Oh my God. Voicemail. Wisernerdy.com. All right, Kurt, look, this is why I brought you in to bring some sanity back to the show. Cause that fool, that fool is killing me. Oh my God. All right. So we got closer this week. We got much closer this week. So I can put a nice cut in there and it'll be a nice fade up and a little down. And then a real commercial will play for the podcast and then it'll come back in some music and then you're, you're going to come back next week and, and do better because I want to hear some, some, I want to hear some heart from the Kurt. I want to hear these boys saved my life. So donate to them. I don't know. Make it up. But you know, and then it's about time you called your daddy. This is more instruction than you've ever given me. So because <laughs> we do it live, baby, we do it live. I'm looking. All right. Let me do a quick oh, ad yeah, for myself. Daddy. Oh, stop it, Kurt. I mean, uh, Mike, whoever said that. All right. So uh, I'm looking for great, talented creators who can create with me, like great musicians and voiceover artists and comedians, because these knuckleheads got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt's not laughing at that one. <laughs> uh, Indeed.com slash rock Indeed.com slash rock uh, roll that dice. Roll that dice. Daddy, here tell me a story. All right. Uh, so uh, this one I brought to the table. I brought to the table. I put uh, special ed as a kid. And I don't know if anybody else has similar stories because sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Joe surprises me all the time because <laughs> I'll say, oh, you know, here's a story that I think only I went through. Just like, no, I got one similar. Now, he'll then talk about, you know, Grandpa NASCAR cheating at NASCAR and having Bobcats and all that stuff. I didn't have that. But, I, I you know, I had missionaries, whatever. I don't know. But seriously, um, my mom was an educated uh, teacher, as in she got her degree at some school in Florida. Mm. Uh, trust me, I've met Florida <laughs> teachers since then. Mm. Um, but she could teach up to like eighth grade is, is whatever her degree was. Uh, but she always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And so my, my myself and my sister growing up, I hit kindergarten and she teaches me you know, reading and, and phonics and all this stuff. Uh, so I actually start first grade ahead of schedule as far as what I should know. And um, I went to this private school because the church there, my, my parents have always been terrified of the public school system. And this is in the eighties and they're terrified. Oh, you know, the fights and all the, okay. Keep in mind going in the first grade and they are terrified of the fights at the high school. First graders were not at, the high school not even in the 80s we still had separate physical schools okay so the church we my dad was a preacher at one of the benefits there they got us into this private school and i it's a, it was some a big amount of money i don't know but the, whatever uh some going there and I, i've got all kind of crazy stories of of 
what I remember versus what I'm told. But uh, I was a disruptive kid in class and, and liked to mess with people and talk. Yeah, I know, right, Kurt? Right. The Home Alone pose there. Um, and so I, and one of the stories my mom always tells, I do remember. I remember I loved to read. And even in first grade, I mean, I, I loved to read. So we'd have reading time and I'd go crawl under the table like a fortress or whatever and, and read my book. Well, the teacher would call us back and I'm just lost in the book. I don't remember being called back. What I remember specifically about this story is for whatever reason that day, my mom came back to, came to the class for something, right? And I'm just reading the class is at least 30 minutes back into class, like doing spelling or something else. I'm just under the table reading. And my mom's like, what's going on? And the teacher's like, well, at least he's quiet. And, and just <laughs> even back, right? Even back in the eighties, um, Teacher communication was god awful. I mean, I I will go off on a rant on public school at some other time, and it's whatever. But uh, uh, I don't like it. I'm just going to tell you now. If we ever do talk about public education on this this show, it's not going to be fun for most people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but shortly after oh, that, Charles, uh, here's a book. Here's a book. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna be quiet now? <laughs> this is my show. I do a show so I don't have to be quiet. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, dang it, Kurt! Now I'm, I'm slightly regretting bringing you on. <laughs> so that was funny. So, just so, another story I remember is is got in trouble, got put out in the hallway, finished my whatever work they gave me out in the hallway instantly and kids will be kids and i've always been a uh man if you don't keep me busy i get into trouble and very fast and sometimes it can be fun and sometimes it's not so fun and i'm flicking glue at the door across the hallway at some administrator's door from the classroom to see what kind of picture i can make with it some other teacher came out like you do that i was like Maybe I'm like hand in the air, halfway throwing another one. Like, uh, don't ask a stupid question. And so ultimately it was your attitude (laughs) when you're born a God and your parents don't raise you like a God, you're going to go and destroy stuff till you figure out how to take care of yourself. So yes, Kurt, I probably had the rock God attitude in the first grade. Yeah. That's a, you know what? That's another one for another show about how are you raising your kids differently based on how you're raised. Anyway, short version is I ended up getting sent to the school counselor for evaluation. They thought I was slow. They thought I needed help. And I get in there and I legit, I remember what Kurt, what? No. Yeah, that's right. No. She's, she's just a zip it. Um, so, I, I remember doing some evaluations. Like y'all, you guys both kind of grew up a little bit within range of when I was coming through school. Um, that those uh, poppet games where there's a hundred pieces and they turn the things, and you had to put the shapes in order before it exploded on you and gave you PTSD. Concentration. Is that what it was? Yeah, I think it was called concentration. Oh my goodness, that one gave me. I still have scars when something pops like that. Uh, but I remember having to do that as part of the testing. I remember some written testing, some other stuff. Turns out I was borderline genius. Like I was just over the border of the, the IQ stuff for genius. And I was bored to freaking tears. So and then he grew up. 
I don't get a bad daddy out of that, Kurt. You're just going to let that one fly. Judge Kurt. Right, yeah. daddy. Oh. <laughs> I think you can just mm, get some Mountain Dew and choke off. Uh, so, but yeah, so I, ended up going, I do have a serious question for you. Well, let me, I'll, let me finish real quick. Because okay, please, please. I'm right at the end. So for the rest of the school year, which was a couple more months at that point, uh, every Thursday, I look forward to this the most. Every Thursday, I would get to leave the regular class and for two hours go to special ed and learn and get engaged and, and do stuff. And unfortunately, I was there with two Down syndrome kids. So it's two actual special needs kids. But technically, I guess I was a special needs because I was in Podunk, South Georgia, and they didn't know how to handle a brain like mine. But I was doing third and fourth grade work in first grade. I mean, they just kept pushing me. So ultimately, I went to homeschool after that. But what was your question, Kurt? So my question was, I mean, in all seriousness, I wonder if you had like ADD or ADHD oh, yeah. and they did, and they didn't know how to diagnose it there at yeah. that point in time. So, of course, they thought you were slow because you had no focus. Mm hmm. Right. Exactly. So, so that I mean that and, and again, you're talking about the 80s, right? So, yes. You know, at best, if you were diagnosed, you would have been on Ritalin. I don't think they started. Well, I, I don't know the history, but I, I remember hearing the news late 80s, early 90s. They started doing those. But yeah, looking back, looking at it, especially after I got into medicine and started studying more stuff, I'm like, huh. And I like looked up what I was like, yeah, I would have been diagnosed with ADHD. And you're right. I would have just gotten. Well, no, my mom wouldn't have done the drugs. So I still would have ended up at home right. school. And I appreciate that. As tough as some of it could be, my mom didn't she understood a little bit of what it is she could kind of guide me and steer me and try but she just still ultimately tried to fit fit a triangle into a round hole and it just wasn't going to work so at some point she's gonna let me do my thing and and get it done and i appreciated that because i've learned how to explain things to other people easily or how to kind of meet them where they are uh, except for my own kids and that's where the emotion kind of comes in typically i can meet them where they are but then as a dad i get mad at them and and that's the thing but yeah i mean it it, it it was absolutely that they, they, it was a lack of fun. And, but when I went to where just me and two other kids and the counselor, whoever was a special ed teacher was giving me stuff that engaged me or gave me prizes. Like I could have cookies, mm, cookie monster, right. You know, on my little glow in the dark birthday necklace here, cookies. If I got this work done and got it done, right. Brr, done. Give me my cookies. And I was happy as could be. Right. And I, I've learned to, live in a world that you think about five things at once and figure out how to weave them together. Um, Cause there definitely was squirrel moments. And my wife's like, are you even listening? So I had to develop skills to be able to repeat back what she said, even as I'm processing it very fast in my brain, because I was like, no, I really wasn't listening. I was thinking about, you know, doing wise and nerdy with Joe and Kurt. I don't want to tell you. Me think about cookie. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite spoof song is cookie monster. Not the real one. Somebody doing a voice singing. I did it all for the cookie, which based on Fred Durst, I did it for the cookie. What about you, Joe? Do you have any special ed uh, stories? I mean, I'm looking um, at your haircut. I'm thinking, yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Rude dad. No. no. In, in uh I mean, the closest thing I have to something similar to your story is in uh, eighth grade, seventh and eighth grade, I was a mathlete. And so I actually competed in math competitions 
during that time. Um, even though I wasn't technically in the advanced math program, mostly because I'm lazy. Um, yeah, same. <laughs> same. Like, like I knew all the answers. I just didn't like, even, even in high school, I took AP calculus my senior year and people like other students were like, you are absent all the time. How do you have one of the one of the highest grades in this class? Uh, because I, I think I've mentioned this on the. On the oh yeah, you before. dug up a paper and sent it to me after you mentioned it on the no, show. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> in high school, I, I I knew that we were allowed to miss four days a quarter, and the teacher couldn't couldn't arbitrarily drop your grade. If you missed five, though, the teacher could give you whatever grade they felt like giving you. It doesn't matter what you earned. And so basically I, every, every quarter I missed four days because that's, what we were allowed to miss. And my parents didn't care as long as I brought home good grades. See, that's called old daddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's called uh, uh, well, one good parenting, but two finding your own way, you know, results driven. And I've tried to, that's one thing I changed in my household was try to be results driven with the kids. They're all going a little too far with it right now. We got to have a family meeting and bring some boundaries back. Uh, but, but yeah, um, that's, that's where I thrive now. Um, try to think another, another story popped in my head when you were saying that, uh, Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. The being lazy. So, um, I think the math competition is great. You know, I think, um, anything, like anything educational can be good. I know back in the eighties and nineties is like nerds and it was horrible, but seriously, you're smarter than everybody else. And it's a good thing. However, I can bring you a sad version of that. So I grew up, grew up in the Baptist church and there was a thing they had that was, I guess the Baptist version of boy Scouts called Royal ambassadors and in the Royal ambassadors. And there was a girl version too. And they both did it. And then at the higher levels, we competed to get each other. I don't regret, <laughs> I don't regret a lot in my life. And I can't say I regret this, but this is not a, a badge of pride that I wear at all. This is just like, this was the height of my sadness in life. There was a thing called Bible drill and you would literally stand. You would, there was a couple different versions of it. Like you, you compete in different categories, whatever you had to memorize Bible verses and who could step forward and say it accurately with the right version, blah, blah, blah. Uh, there was looking up. Uh, things and there, and there, I think there was another memorization thing. And when you were had to look up speed is speed drills, right? And you literally had to stand at attention with a Bible in your hand, like a gun, and they call it, call out the, the chapter and verse, and you'll go, yeah, and step forward. And whoever stepped forward first, and if they had, and you had to step forward with your finger on it, and they'd walk over and, and see your finger, right? I was state champion. <laughs> Because I don't do anything small. <laughs> I don't do, I, I just don't do any, anything small at all. So I, I was very much a uh, state champion to the point that I was a show off. I was a show. Of course, the credit kid came out, right? So I'm like, oh, watch me. I would stand on one leg and do it and, and jump out. I would take the Bible, spin it, you know, vertically in my hand, like you're spinning a gun, just not with my finger in it. Stop it, then open it up and still beat them to the punch. And my parents very much regret. My mom was so proud and so ashamed all at the same time because I'm like, I'm bored. All right, here we go again. I'm bored. So I'm going to show up and show out, baby. But yeah, I was a uh, Georgia State champion in like 83 or 84 for Bible drill. I, 
I'm so flabbergasted, flabbergasted that it went beyond the local congregation that there was a state <laughs> right? But it was still all in the church. It's not like the governor at the time recognized anything or anybody ever gave her crap. It was just so sad, so sad. In Domine Pachum Daddy. Roll that dice. Roll that dice. What are you nerding out about now? Uh, <laughs> uh, why don't you go first? Why don't you go first? All right. Uh, so you mentioned, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, I think it was now, about the Flash, how you were... It, it didn't live up to what it could have been. What exactly? Well... My wife and I decided to give it a try. As you should. I mean, it's and, worth a watch. And we we agree with you. It definitely did not live up to what it could have been. It, it's a weird amalgamation of a couple of stories, just like you said. And um, and it, it had some really, really pointlessly crude moments. Like, I was like... Why that didn't need to be there at all, and so as a as a palate cleanser after that, I uh, I told my wife we were going to watch the uh, animated Flashpoint Paradox, and uh, nice that is way better, way way better. way <laughs> way better. Um, and she I, I warned her ahead of time it it is a little dark because I mean most of the DC animated stuff is. A little dark, darker than you'd expect for a cartoon. So, you know, don't go into it. The DC animated is the best animation for comic books, hands down. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, no, she she ended up loving it. It was it was good stuff. And uh, the one of the things that that we both said, we were like, the animated one just has way more heart to it than. Um, so did the so. CW storyline, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. they got ten seasons out of it for a reason. <laughs> yeah, so. well, they did flash yeah. forward. They they, they kind of did. They did uh, crisis. Yeah, no, on, they did. Uh, they did crisis is not on Infinite Earth, but crisis on uh, something. No, they did crisis on Infinite Earth, yeah. and, and and they, they did, did Flashpoint. They didn't call it. They just called it Crisis event. X or something. No, like they that. they called it Crisis on Infinite Earth. The one I'm thinking about. There's one. There's there was another, another one. one. There was another one. Yeah, there was. Another yeah, one. But I, mean, yeah, I watched had, it all through all that, and I thought they did it yeah. fairly well enough. But that will say the high point of the Flash movie is the '89 Batman fan service that they did yeah. all the way around. Mike, Michael Keaton was the star of uh, the mo- of the flash movie scenery, just chewing scenery. <laughs> oh know? man. Just brought that crazy right back, you know, just, just so good. So good. And honestly, I, I, I get their tr- DC Warner brothers keeps trying to copy and ride the coattails of Marvel. And Marvel did so good with, with the multiverse and and stuff. I mean, not that they did it great, but they were they were impactful with it. Kurt, stop shaking your head. Yeah, no, not, no, 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 yeah. no. So so here's the thing: they're trying to do the same thing as Marvel, only they're following a different playbook than right. Marvel ever did. Right? Like it's like somebody gave them a bootleg Marvel guide. And, and, <laughs> it's and, a Marvel. They got the Marvel guide. 
Farvel, the yeah. Farvel guide, right? No, the the DC stuff comes across as a a psychopath taking the DC comics and cutting up different sections of it and making a collage. Okay, all right, and hoping that it works, and it doesn't. It really doesn't. They have they they have no finesse, and they're all like it. Very much seems like they're just going for. And we talked about this before, but about those cinematic moments that that moment looked good, but it it doesn't flow with the rest of the story. Now, hopefully, hopefully James Gunn can turn yeah. things around because you know what they're really missing. Period is is passion and love. They're missing love for mm-hmm. the material. Period. And Feige has love for the material. Most of the writers and the the producers and the directors throughout the Marvel Universe has love for material. Many of the actors have a well love. One of my favorite stories is I know a lot of people do this. Just I, the way to hear him talking about it was amazing. When John Bernthal heard he was up for the role of Punisher uh, for the Netflix series, he went to a, a comic book shop and said, "Hey, you told the guy, hey." They recognize, hey, you're you're because he was uh, just on Walking Dead not that long. He had a, a uh, maybe a season on there and they killed him off, I think. But he's like, yeah, you know, you're that. Actually. Like, yeah, I'm actually up for this role. What books should I read for this role? And the comic book owner, the store owners, took him through and said, here, 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 get these. And it, you can see it. You can see it in his performance that he not only cared to do a good performance and do it right for the fans, but he became a fan of the Punisher and brought out the things that he loved from the comic books here. DC has none of that. None of it. I mean, I I do not want to ruin it for anybody. Go watch. It is definitely worth a watch to watch The Flash, but just know that it doesn't make sense. It's not because of you. It's because it kept trying to smash together a bunch of stories that didn't work together. But the monster and the time, that was, they had so many other things they could do with that, and that was just the, the worst monster in my opinion, they can come up with. And the heart they try to do is that that 90s fake, oh, we'll just make a dumb movie and people cry. But, you know, he has that moment with his mom and his tears running down his eyes. And I'm like, we don't care because nothing you did before this made me care, you know? And yeah. I can't help but watch and go, and I know who you are in real life and you're not acting well enough to take <laughs> me away from that. So that flash mom moment uh, was done so much better on the CW. Yeah. Um, where, oh, where yeah. You, you believed Grant Gustin when he had to make that decision with his mom. And, and yes. it, the, the, the problem with DC is they don't understand the tone of the comic books. And so when they lost Superman and didn't understand that he is the light and Batman is the dark and Wonder Woman is the balance, when they, when they lost yeah. that, then they, then they just, they lost their way. They have light. They did it right three times. No, four times. I'll even give them four times. They did it right with Suicide Squad, James Gunn in particular. Okay. All right. They did it right with Wonder Woman. They did it. And I'm talking about standalone movies. Sure, sure, sure. They did it right. Wonder Woman number one. (laughs) Wonder Woman number one, specifically, that 84 garbage. That was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Aquaman. I think they totally got right. And Shazam. Shazam, they got totally right. The wonder of a kid becoming a superhero. Zach Levi did it. He did it right. Yeah. Now, you can argue the the movie storyline itself or whatever, um, but it was okay. And and it totally worked. Um, Everything else, everything else has been kind of 
garbage tonally. And even where I thought it was going to work because it was a passion project for the rock black Adam. Uh, yeah. I cannot tell you anything about that movie after watching it, except that I thought Pierce Brosnan did a pretty nice Dr. Fate. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I, like, I, I literally don't remember it. Fair like, enough. It, it, and it felt too much like the rock wanted to be Shazam instead of, Instead of who Black Adam is. Yes. Well, I think so, I think it went with or he wanted to be Superman. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it, Black Adam is a little bit of a black Superman, but uh, it also, you know, you always got to ask, you always got to ask how much freedom does an actor have versus the director and writers and what they're asking. If he's fronting do. the money, if he's fronting the money a whole lot. Did he do of, that? Well, then sorry, Rock, he, you did a bad job. He'd been, he, he'd been working on that for years and and the the problem is, if you want to do Black Adam right, and you still want to redeem him, then you have to set him up as the anti-hero or the villain to Shazam. And they didn't yeah, they even didn't. touch it, just like the stupid Sony Venom movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, yeah. how do you do Venom without Spider-Man? It's dumb. Yep. And Sorry. They have a I chance now. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the end. I'm wise. You're the end. He's nerdy, but you know the end's the short part. Sorry. That's good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. If, in, all, in all seriousness, mm-hmm. one of my favorite shows to listen to is This Week in MCU by Kurt and Sin Raven. And, and when everything's on from Marvel, they do a fantastic job, and they have a lot of these great conversations. Uh, Starting we, up again in another two weeks, right? What, what's the next thing coming? Loki. Oh goodness! See, I love, I love That's that. Gonna be good. I forget things, you know, uh, because I, I love surprises. So I intentionally go, and I'm about to talk about my my dinner that we had tonight. My son made, but I, y'all pick things out, and then I just won't remember. So there's a movie coming, and I get lost in work, and this and that, and all of a sudden. I forgot Loki was that close, which I'm glad because otherwise I'd be antsing going, uh, can I see it? So uh, it is my birthday actually today of this recording. And I have some really cool, that's what I'm learning about is, is having some really great experiences. My wife does, does some of the best experiences. And I had ultimately through my life, I started making a bucket list of bands. I would love to see in concert. And I've actually got every band on there knocked off except for two. Avenged Sevenfold is a, a new metal band out of the 2005. And then the Nixons is a, a, a 90s grunge band that that had a song called Sister, went nationwide, and they, their second album did pretty well. And I've got all their albums, love all their songs. Zach Malloy, the lead singer, did some solo stuff. But now they only play in the Texas, Oklahoma area. So next year, if they're playing a festival, my wife and I are going to try to go out to Oklahoma to see the Nixons. Last night... I got to go see Avenged Sevenfold. And a few months ago, probably early spring, uh, because I listen to them all the time on Spotify, uh, you kind of get this fan club experience through Spotify without being part of the fan club. And it was like, hey, tickets go on sale in three days for this concert, but because you're a fan of their music, here's a code. You can get your tickets today. And I was literally waiting for somebody to come in to my, my uh, partner. And I were sitting at a table in Starbucks or not Starbucks. Uh, I don't remember. We're, we're, and we were about to have a really tough talk with two different managers separately for like three hours. So I'm like, I texted my, I forwarded my wife and texted like, please look at getting the tickets. I don't have time right now. We only have a short pile of time. And 
I said, you know, get get something nice because we knew the venue and I like we've never sat at one of those little table sections up towards the middle by the soundboard, which by the way is the best seat in the house because of sound. I'm a sound guy and sitting next to the soundboard, where do you think it's gonna sound the best? Because those are the guys tweaking the sound. So anyway, I was like, you know, maybe something like that. Well, then I get home and she well, she texts me she's like, Yeah, I got the tickets, we're good. So I get home and she went crazy. We got uh VIP passes for early access. So we got in for sound check uh, yesterday afternoon at like four o'clock in the afternoon. Got a lanyard that nobody else has that comes with an NFC. Now I'm not sure what that is different than an NFT, but I, I, you scan it with your phone, just like anything else. And it brings up an experience and you can watch some videos and, and enjoy some stuff, but it also gave me a VIP merch that I can get that nobody else could get. So that was kind of cool. Uh, I didn't a buy anything. NFC. NFC is just something you can scan. Amiibos have NFC okay. chips in them. Gotcha. Okay. Um, near frequency chip, maybe? Is that what it is? Prob. That sounds... Near field communication. Okay. Thanks, Geek. So, But I also got some free swag. Uh, and there's some pictures on my wife's Facebook. I'll be posting this and that. They had, uh, so we get there, and you get in early. And there's only like 30 other people there walking around this huge amphitheater, right? And the bands are sound checking. It's a lot of fun. But there was a pre-party. Now, I'm not in the club for the band. Because that's I did that one year for Metallica, and that was about it. Um, but it's like, I don't know. Paying every year, it just wasn't enough to grab me. But I was like, I don't want to meet a band so much that I want to pay you for that, which comes with its own benefits, then pay you for the tickets, and then pay probably extra to get to meet you because I'm in the club. I mean, it'd be cool to meet people, but I know I'm not going to be able to go give me, you know, do that. Nobody's going to do the give me some easy advice to give, right? Which is why I'd want to meet them. Or, hey, let me show you. Can I show you who I am in five minutes and get you to sit down on, on finding the stories? And that's really what I'd want out of that. So we didn't do all that, but uh, we, we got in and got the lanyards. We went to the pre-party, which is a cool little museum set up where uh, they had um, uh, a big chest of drawers, essentially, with this glass case of their biggest moments. And when they went platinum, and you pull a drawer out and it's a glass, it's like a museum drawer with a glass plexiglass thing there with sold out, you know, tickets to this thing. And it was cool to look at. Then they had some other models that they'd used for some of their videos and um, the stuff where they shot their new album cover. Then they had a throne with a wall behind it that had said Avengers Sevenfold and, and neon letters. And you sit there with a very plastic Reaper thing and took a picture. <laughs> it was a cool experience. It, it was nice. But then we had this whole, whole lounge. And I sent you that picture, Kurt, where I'm sitting in the upper deck lounge that you only have access to basically all the way across from the stage. And I was using my new phone. So I took a picture of where I'm sitting. Then I zoomed in and took a picture and you could see the people on stage. You tuning the guitars and stuff with it. It's pretty cool. Uh, then on top of that, we got free swag. So I got this thing for free, which is uh, their death bat. That's the symbol of the band. And it's a, it's a, you know, plastic figurine that sit on my desk or whatever. But the thing that everybody's laughing at is literally on the pack. It says death bat eats bugs. There is no skin. Where does it even poop from? Look at this thing. It's so dumb. And that's on the front of the package. <laughs> it just cracks me up. But it's, it's my kind of little swag. I liked it. Uh, and then we got into the lounge. We got lounge access. We ate dinner in the lounge on the side of the stage. Um, and it was, it was, oh, 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 I'll get to the seats in a second. But it was very, it's just very special treatment. Because literally we walk up and we got special parking. So we parked. 
I took a picture of that too. I don't normally take a picture of my parking, but you can see the gate to get in. And we parked maybe 20, 30 feet away from it in a parking spot. Um, so that was really cool. And so we're walking up and there's people on the sidewalk all lined up. And we go, Hey, is this the VIP line? And I was like, no, no. They're like, what do you got? And so I walk up to the security guy and he says, oh, you gotta go around to the other gate. So we do go around another gate and there's two big lines. There's one on the other. There's the main gates that don't have very little people in them. Then there's a special gate off to the side that has people backed up. It's not moving. By the way, we got there 30 minutes late. You're supposed to be there for traffic and whatnot. We got there about 4.30. We're like, this isn't seem right. Why is the line not moving? And I asked me, I walk out, is this the VIP line? And somebody's like, somebody's like, what? Huh? What? And another person's like, yeah, this is the VIP line. Like, okay. And my wife's like, then why? And we both had the same question. Then why isn't it moving? Because we're late. This should, and we're getting text instructions and email instructions saying, hey, get here at this time, park in this parking lot. Somebody will meet you and take you through your experience. Do this, do this, do this. And we're like, this, this should be empty because we're late. So she goes, go ask. So I walk up to the front booth and went, I have VIP passes. This line, the guy literally goes, I don't know what this line is for. I don't know why she, I don't know who she is, why she made it. But let's check your name. And they, they were just sitting there waiting for people like me to walk out. I yelled at my wife to come over. <laughs> and they're like, what's your name? And they had a piece of paper. And they marked us off. Here's your cool little stupid bat thing. And it's called Stupidest Animals on the brand. Um, and uh, here's your lanyards. We need you to put those on right now. Um, he, you know, they gave us some instructions. And we went through special security. Walked right through. It was, it was so great. It was so awesome. The Every time I asked them, are you alive for VIP? No? Okay, watch me. Watch me. <laughs> Um, then yeah, Kurt. Happy birthday, oh. daddy. <laughs> that was so weird. That was so weird. So hey, well, look, I love experiences. Yeah, did we pay for that experience? Yeah. None of it was given to us. Was I super special? Like, did the band recognize me? No. No, you know, I get that. But the idea of of getting the special lanyard, going into areas that other people don't get to go into, just having worked my life to get to the experiences of this kind of thing was so much fun. And they, with the package, they assign you seats, but they're good seats. Uh, and sure enough, it said, your know, orchestra, one, F, whatever. And so I, I pulled up a seating chart. Went, oh, that's dead center orchestra. And it's like 22, 23. It's like, that's got to be about dead center row. We're about five, six rows back from the chart I saw. No, we were not. We walk in and we come come through the way you're supposed to. And the, guy, the lady's like, yep, yep, you're in the right area. You can see that guy. And actually, no, I've watched it off since. But he did the black, you know, the because she had bands, wristbands. And I already had a, a special wristband for the lounge. And I had my special lanyard. But I want more wristbands, man. Come on. I want to be that more <laughs> more special. And so the lady we talked to, she asked, like, do I need one of those bands? She's like, no, no, no. He'll give you a stamp. I'm like, all right, fine. And we go down. And he looked at you enough, and he sent us to the next person. The next person, she was the greatest. She's like, "Hey, I'll be your guide for you know the concert." And, and we showed her tickets. Like, oh man, no, these are bad seats, bad seats. And I knew she was kids. Like, oh yeah, I'm sure they're the worst. And we kept walking, and we kept walking, and we kept walking right up to the rail. And we had front row seats just behind the pit, dead freaking center, man. It was insanely <laughs> the best seats I've ever had in my life. And, and what I loved about it more, I was already a little drunk, right? So I'm sitting there and they give you okay room, but okay room is not good for tall guys like me, right? And there's another tall guy next to me. My seat was literally uh, where the, the, the rails meet. There's those temporary rails. So they lock in together, which is a hinge, right? 
And yes, no, you're right, Devante. I see Charles pulling the Wayne's World too. You see my bad? See, oh yeah, man. The first time, little side story. The first time I ever worked at an event and got a little bad, it said all access. And it literally was a piece of paper they printed and put in a staples little blank thing. You know, it was the dumbest thing. Oh, I took a picture, put it all over Instagram. I was like, I got all access. I got all access. Yes, I did. But so I took it and my foot's on the rail and I, the security guard walks past because there's a guy doing a safety thing on the pit and he walks past and I counted about five, shoved it a little bit. He walks past again. I counted about five, shoved it a little bit. By the time the concert started, I had full leg room and the, there was like almost a triangle dent in this thing, but not enough that they noticed. And I was like, that tickled me the most is that I, just, I made my own room. So it was, it, it was a great show. Uh, following reverse, uh, played and um, Van Sevenfold played, and it was really fun. But that experience, I want to tell everybody: when you see somebody having fun, having an experience, don't hate on them. Don't don't be like, duh, 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 I wish I say I wish I could do that. I want to do that because I have literally been in the lawn seats for concerts, and I've made my way up to seat seats, and now I had a great experience. Now, would I do that again? No, because it's a lot of money, and it was it was a great first time experience. And there's, you know, another tar. I still want one of those box seats, right? Because I think that's just being older, being through the whole industry of doing concert like this and running sound. I'd rather sit back by the soundboard because I know for me, that's the best experience. Uh, but yeah, just try to get where you want to be. Cause it was amazing to remember one of my first concerts at the amphitheater sitting way up by the wall and standing the whole time on the hill, my legs hurting, but having the blast and going, how do I get down there? And then slowly but surely through my life, got further and further down there. Um, and then going along with that, I put the gourmet chef. Now, my son, Ryland, he is 11 years old. And he can cook. I mean, he really can. I, I kept telling him, I was like, look, your mom, and, and my wife admits it. I said, your mom's a good cook. You're going to be a chef. I mean, you really go in and play with the flavor and, and do these things. And we got him for Christmas, a master chef. A, a kids cookbook, uh, junior master chef, junior cookbook. Um, and so I told him a couple weeks ago for my birthday, I want you to cook my dinner. Cause I, I didn't really want to go out somewhere and all this other stuff. And I, I wanted cause I've been saying, when you gonna cook more, when you gonna cook more, the first meal he ever made out of this book was like duck all orange. And it was amazing. Uh, so we picked out a number of things and he prepped yesterday and him and his mom and his uncle worked on stuff and got stuff. We got pork belly Kurt and we didn't have a pressure cooker. So they, they roasted it for four hours or so yesterday and got it prepped. And then today, uh, they, they still did a lot of work, man, uh, for hours. And it was, I got pictures. I'll put them up later. I took a picture of He even did like the chef thing where they, he wrote down what he was working on for the meal. So there's this whole list of what the meal is on the whiteboard. And it was, just what I would expect out of a, a three to four star restaurant. Easy. You know, anything I pick out, that'd be a nice dinner was nice. it was, it was gl a glazed pork belly and we had honey glazed lollipops, which is basically chicken legs and done, done special. And, and this fennel all gratin and this five cheese, mac and cheese. And, and I mean, it was just, he, he, and he did it all. And it really was on point. And everybody <laughs> in the family was like, Oh my God, this is actually really good. Um, so that's, that's what I'm learning. Oh, and then for my birthday, I got this, uh, that you've been seeing me drink out of. This is called the whiskey grail. It is made from white oak, white the aged whiskey. And now it is not made from oak that actually had whiskey in it. And that's a little sad, but it's a, it's an oak barrel cup, which has been scorched on the inside to give it that little bit of smoky flavor. Um, so that was, and then of course this cookie monster necklace I had to wear for the show. 
So, but that's, that was been, it's been a really great uh, birthday experience. And, and I'm telling you, man, experiences are what you should shoot for in your life. I mean, Kurt, I'm going to ask you this, Kurt. Sure. You've been through slightly more life than me and Joe. Yeah. Would you, now nah, I love stuff. Don't get me wrong. I, love, I mean, look at this dumb, I mean, this thing probably didn't cost so much, but as soon as I get it in my hands, like, Ooh. I like the packaging more than I like the thing. Yeah. You know, I get that. But I was like, <laughs> you know, so I do love stuff. But what would you rather have now? The best experience you can get or a really cool thing? Yeah, I don't care about things anymore. Uh, not not really. Um, I, I did for a long time. I, I was a big collector. So I, I, I collected pretty much everything you can collect uh, <laughs> for, for a very long time. Um, and now I, well, I'll tell you what, what one of the things that when I go on vacation, uh, as, as at least I think you know, Charles, I'm not sure about you, Joe. Um, I like to go on cruises, but I could just sit on the deck of a cruise ship out on the ocean for seven days and hang out with my wife doing nothing but uh, playing cards. And I would be happy as a clam. That sounds like fun. Honestly, my book. What about you, Joe? Oh, I, I like spending time with my family. I know it's kind of cliche to say it, but I do. And I really would love to go on a, uh, a cruise at some point, but I've never been. <laughs> so it's on my bucket list. Yeah, they're fun. Um, all right. Roll that dice. Roll that dice. That's what he just said. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kurt. <laughs> Oh, bad, bad jokes. All right. This one is from Devocate from last week. We saved it. So here we go. And we're going to go ahead and play the, the, we got a bunch of other speak pipes. We're going to play those as well. Whoa. That is music. Not the, the joke. Loud daddy. <laughs> so I'm sitting here waiting for my daughter and uh, you get an extra speak pipe. Now this one came from my son, so it's really a bad son joke. Well, he's a good son, but it's a bad joke. And uh, But I'm a dad. I'm telling it, so I guess it becomes a bad dad joke. And that's kind of questionable, but uh, there's no Shatty, man daddy. in it. <laughs> I don't know if you, if you cut it out of your, your uh, podcast. I understand. The joke is, what do you call a pedo who's had his legs cut off? <laughs> a creepy crawly. <laughs> that that really towed the line so well there. Oh my goodness, Kurt's face. It's the best. Oh, that was that was <laughs> that is a bad son joke. That 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 one was that one that way. That was good. Inappropriate, Papa. <laughs> That's a bad uncle joke. I, I think uh, for the can you dig it? Uh, we we will bump. Uh, yeah, we'll bump those to next week because I have talked a lot. It is we have gone long and we've got actually something we got to do after this show. Uh, but because it's my birthday, I'm going to overrule everybody. Say, can you dig it? I can dig speak pipes, and we. I'm in my happy spot. We got like four or five last week. We got another five this week. So I'm happy, happy, joy, joy. Here comes some more speak pipes. I was listening to the podcast. Um, sorry, I had to oh, jump yeah, off. Yeah. You know, that Chinese food was calling me. But Uncle Mike, uh, I just want to say, 
uh, you may want to move to central Missouri because here we do still have punch cards. Matter of fact, uh, I often go get my punch card at a local <laughs> oh. pizza place. And uh, also have a place that's called Tropical Liqueurs and uh, kind of like a slushy, you know, adult beverages. And they have punch cards. So punch cards are alive and well in this world. But yeah, you're right. Too many digital cards. I get it, man. That was after a call uh, last week we had where um, somebody didn't want to give their phone number, didn't want to get their their things. So uh, and I get it. We had, we had a discussion, but that's a nice feedback. All right. I just want to say to Joe that you are absolutely correct. They really have not given um, the proper due to Paragon and Wheel of Time. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's tough. I, I watched the you know, I watched the series. Then I read the first book, and uh, yeah, I really filled in a lot of gaps and kind of made me sad <laughs> how much they kind of cut out, but they seem to be kind of filling in pieces kind of out of order. So I don't know. Um, my wife likes it, and she's not going to read the book, so I'm just sort of along for the ride. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, you kind of have to separate yourself, and that's just like any other uh, series that are based on books. But yeah, it's it's okay. It's not too bad. It follows it well enough. Is that is that why you have timey wimey complaints on your tag, Joe? Uh, no, my timey wimey complaints were with the Flash. Okay, well, you had complaints <laughs> with Wheel of Time last night too. And, uh, yeah, yeah, Wheel of Time. I still haven't started the new season. I'm kind of putting it off. I've been watching Sliders instead. <laughs> Love Sliders. Love Sliders so yeah. much. I did too. That was, it was so fun to, to that to reboot. My, yes, Kurt. Yes. My favorite episode of sliders was when fire was alive. That, that, that was, was so uh, cool. Such, so good. So, all right, here we go. Uh, that is that one, that one. Hello. Yes. This is Mike Woodard. I <laughs> think that you guys should stop using my voice and should only use VO by Kurt's voice. It's so much better than mine. And, you know, I really don't have the time to keep recording things for you guys. So, uh, thanks for listening. Have a good night. <laughs> All right, Mike. I mean, wait, 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 revenge, daddy. <laughs> I mean, Mike doesn't want us to use his voice. Mm -hmm. like, I got to honor his wishes. Uh, I don't know what to say. That's what he said. Party uh, and heartfelt. <laughs> A hearty and heartfelt happy birthday to you there, Charles. Woo! Glad to have you around yet another year and many after. Thank you. I appreciate that. And along the lines of stuff, if you want to send me some stuff, I do have a wish list on Amazon. It's Rock Gunner Podcasting. Uh, and uh, if you wish to share some experiences, just find me in the world. I, I You know, because uh, Devo sounds like Barry sometimes. Their, their tone is very similar. Uh, and Barry, Barry's definitely provided some amazing experiences uh, there. So, and just coming up and and saying something like at Dragon Con, uh, Kurt, it, it was um, Nate, no, what was his name? Uh, there's a there's a guy that was in FTH Beyond and um, Sea Freeze. Sea Freeze, thank you. I wanted to say different yep. name. And not every year at Dragon Con, but a lot of years, he has come up and said, "Hey, I'm Seafree." Like, oh, and we take a picture together, and and I just love that. And it's just a five minute thing or less because he's he's working the con too, and he's doing other stuff. But yeah, just coming up and saying the connection we have is is a, a big thing that I love. 
Uh, was that? Did I play this one? A Hardy and Hart. Yeah. All right. Here's yep. the last one, Joe. You ready? Nope, but do it anyway. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I enjoy a good read sometimes. And some of my favorites are the uh, Books Never Written series, such as Running to the Outhouse by Willie Make It, illustrated <laughs> oh by God. Betty Downed. No. Another great one is Mess on the Orient Express uh, by Who Flung Dunn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God almighty. That. Not to be turned, not to be turned down by... Get off the stone, uh, get off the stove, Grammy. You're too old to ride the range. Oh, Kurt. <laughs> these, these and other bad jokes are the scariest things I've ever seen. That's it, folks. Thank you for watching the show. Be here with us tonight. Come back next week. We're going to be awesome. Follow these nerdy dads on social media. Charles at Rock God of Podcasting. Joe at Joseph underscore Ard. Check out the website, wiseandnerdy.com. And as always, they may not be your father, but they'll always be your daddy. Thanks to Kurt VO by Kurt. Find him everywhere as VO by Kurt and This Week in MCU. 